welcome to BW Connect Spaces for to everyone and I think we will get more people coming on as the as the session goes along. Thank you for everybody who's joined us. Um, today on BW Connect Spaces, which is proudly brought to you by APSA Bank Botswana. From the second we are born, we are work in progress. With one single directive to grow. Forward motion. Progress. Growth is saving up for your first pair. Growth is wanting, then having. Growth is using every bit of our fiber to shrink the space between where we are and where we want to be. Growth is constant learning. Growth is taking you on a first plane ride. Growth is making good on an old promise. Growth is not perfect. It's working on it. Get it done with APSA Youth Banking. That's Africanacity. That's APSA. APSA Bank Botswana Limited is regulated by the Bank of Botswana. T's and C's apply. Um, we are discussing the business of an animal production. So what we are discussing here um, will not be the science of, of the how and what people do, but really just around you know, the thinking and the business and the business model um, that relate to to animal production. So, you know, where, you know, where, where, where do you sell this? Where do you get that? How do you think about this? How do you think about that? Um, and we, we, we thank APSA for the, for the continued support over time and hope that the session will be, will be, you know, this session will will be educational to 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 all of to all of our listeners, especially because the specific animals we're talking about today, um, not a lot of people they're not discussed very often, um, and I think it'll be also interesting to have a little discussion on the national agric fair that happened last week. Um, hopefully, you guys will be able to tell us what a liberating thing and 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 stuff like that, and any discussions there, but. Today's not my day. I'm having our co-host, our co-host uh, from Farmers Review, um, Kushata, and I think I can hand over to Kushata now to to start the session and and carry it going forward. Thanks, Kush. Okay, great. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us again on part two of business of animal production. Um, today on our panel, we have. Melton Mukete, he deals with pigs. His company is called Staunch. I hope I'm saying it right. It's Staunch Porkers, Staunch Pork. And then we have Mosomonoe. He deals with rabbits, chickens, and quail. And then we have Tero Samosu. She's chicks and goats. She um, does a bit of goats and a bit of broiler production. So, um, you know, we wanted to kind of bring these uh i don't want to call them little animals but this section of small stock to everyone so we can talk about them and see what exactly happens behind them um so i would like to before i give them the platform to introduce themselves there was the agric show the national agriculture show last week um it went on for was it four or five days from the 17th to the is it the, yeah, well, for four or five days. And, you know, at the show, you get to see quite a lot of things. Um, on the small stock production side, you get your pigs, goats, sheep, 
rabbits, chickens, uh, quails. Sometimes you get fish. I didn't see them this time around. And also, just so I can add, this year's this year's show was um, what's the word? It it was quite different from all the other years. And in, I mean, in terms of attendance, there weren't as many exhibitors as we usually would get. Um, at the National Agriculture Show. And I'd like to believe that the reason behind all of that was because the initial date had been set. I forgot when it was set for, but the initial date had been set. And then a few weeks after, really not so long after the date was set, um, a, a foot and mouth disease outbreak was announced, which then meant that a lot of exhibitors from the north and certain zones could not uh, move around. The The movement or transportation of animals had been ba- uh, suspended. And then um, the suspension was lifted, a new date was brought up, and I guess it just messed up with a lot of uh, people's calendars and schedules and all of that. So it was very evident that a lot of people were missing. There weren't as many cattle. There were a lot of sheep and goats, though, but apparently they shouldn't. They should have been much more than that. The pigs weren't as many because their pens were quite empty. Um, the poultry section was very, very, very low. I think the only exhibitors that were there were one of our speakers, Moso, and our other colleague, Keith from Rabbit Empire and another chicken guy, his name was Clint. So, um, but yeah, we'll have Moso speak a bit more on the the, the poultry side, um, what he saw, what happened and all of that at the National Agriculture Show. Um, once again, I'd like to thank BW Connect Spaces for giving us this platform. I'd like to thank Empoying for considering us. And also I'd like to thank ABSA Bank uh, for giving us this platform once again. So let's start with <laughs> Division 1 and 2. Melton, could you please just introduce yourself um, and briefly what you do? Yeah, so as you have said, my name is uh, Babulke Melton Mokete and I'm into Pigari. Uh, I don't know if I should continue from here or you you keep on throwing questions to me. But in terms of uh, when I started uh, the project itself, I started in 2021. But the idea on uh, starting Pigari had, had been there for quite some time. Uh, I think for me, the disruption in terms of starting was because of COVID, uh, uh, which meant I had to put on hold uh, a few of the things that I, I plan to do. But in terms of uh, starting, I began uh, in, I think in terms of starting the project itself, I began around November uh, 2020 with the construction of the structures. And then uh, in terms of the first breeding stock that I started with, uh, I received it in April 2021. So I would say officially I started operating in April 2021. All right, great. I guess then I can cancel you from Botsoya. How were you affected by COVID-19? Um, all right, thank you, Moketa. So we can have a brief introduction from Moso right now. Uh, hi everyone. Uh, I'm a, I would say I'm a poultry farmer, mostly doing fowls like chickens, turkeys, ducks, 
and rabbits, quails. I'm based, it's called Kumulongwane. It's about 21 kilometers from town. Going up north, it's opposite Belabela Quarry, but the quails are not even So, all I would say is uh, I started way back before, and I started about around 2014, 2015. And then by then, I was still doing chickens only. And then as time went, we get seven, we get smaller. The quails and the rabbits. So I would say I'm doing all that. Like about the agriculture in Lake this past week, what I would say is there were no exhibitors at all. There were no exhibitors, but one of us had. I think it's because of the conservation and Baba Ngubare, they didn't, they were not aware of the new dates. Because I think the dates were announced two weeks before show. So most of them, they never covered the preparations and stuff. So they ended up letting the, the chickens out. They started mating and then they started molting. They lose feathers and they couldn't go to the show. That's the, the main reason. And then on the rabbit side, there we were, I mean, we were three, three exhibitors, rabbits, and I'd say we all did well, because Kitlarahun also won a prize. Yeah, Kitlarahun, more questions if you have. All right, thank you, Moso. Um, uh, there's a thing you said that you're a poultry farmer, and how is Dagore under poultry or farming exactly? You mentioned rabbits, or was that Talosore King, um, or Bailey Mubutakahata Saha poultry? Maybe if you could just explain that also. Mm, for now, even Lego, the Minister of Agriculture, uh, rabbits fall under poultry. We, we once, be, just before COVID, why do they classify rabbits as poultry? And make the way forward or didn't see we under poultry, but COVID came and then everything came to a standstill. But we still have to go back to them. Because we spoke to a few officers in Asia, and then we were able to the office. Alright, great. Um, so you can just uh, mute your mic for now, and then I'll add on to the whole poultry thing, because I know that sometimes it confuses people. Um, we as, I'm going to say we, because I know I've never really mentioned this, but Moso is my colleague at the Botswana Rabbit Farmers Association. We're both part of the executive committee and I'm the public relations officer. So we, you know, having an association really does help also in terms of the business side. And I'm saying this because it's very, it's much easier to convince 
um, a body like the Ministry of Agriculture to do something in your favor if you come as an association or a larger group. How Taola one, it's it's much more difficult because they're not really convinced that it's worth their time or worth the resources. So um, yeah, there's that. And if anyone has any questions about the Botswana Rabbit Farmers Association, really, I'm the best person to talk to, and um, I could direct you to. Any other rabbit farmers that you need to know about, um, rabbit products and all the stuff. So, um, Melton, um, whew, I want to know how you were financed. Did you finance yourself or do you have, um, or did you go to a, a financial institution and say, hey, this is what I want to do? Could you finance me? And it cost this much because... Um, the other, I think it was last week, actually on the Farmers Review page, we did post uh, something about piggery and how much it costs to set up uh, a fully functional and profit-making piggery. And I think the figure was around 18 million or so. And they were talking about how you'd need to start with a breeding, uh, what's it called, a breeding uh, breeding sows of around 250. Could you kindly touch on that for us, please? <laughs> Yeah, HPR is, uh, you know, quite expensive uh, based on our landscape here in BW. So uh, those figures are, are quite uh, correct. But, uh, you know, sometimes there, there is that point where you start off it. And for me, I finance myself uh, because the idea of going to farming uh, has, has long been there. And I tried around uh, so many ideas uh, prior to me actually going to to Pigari because prior to that I had I had wanted to go into you know beef uh, production because I have uh, one uh, relative who's into that. So around 2015-2016, he had offered me uh, about five quality Brahmans. Uh, that were pregnant at the time for a figure of around 20k because of you know the relation and all but because of lack of uh, proper land water and all those kind of resources uh, the idea kind of uh, got out the window for me so i went back and tried to see what else can i do with the you know the little money that i had at the time but i could not get anything but in 2017 i think i tried to go into feed production which I actually had somebody trying to teach me how to produce a lab lab. Uh, I think I produced uh, something at the time as, as some sort of a learning curve, but uh, post that I did not go back because I sh it seemed like it, it, it was a tedious uh, thing to do. Most of that uh, we're using the the government scheme in terms of plowing. So for me, it seemed like, you know, you produce once a year and then you have to wait for another period for you to actually go back. So in terms of Pigari, um, I did my research uh, uh, a bit prior to going uh, in there, but I was still skeptical looking at the overhead cost of actually setting up one and not just setting up one, uh, setting uh, a proper one that will actually in about five years be able to give profit and all so i tried to do my numbers i'm not a numbers person but i tried to do my numbers uh, on the side but uh, it took me a bit of time for me to actually get to to start but uh, in i think around october that's when i i said to myself you know what i need to start so i 
I went around trying to benchmark and I was quite lucky to have people around me who were willing to allow me to come into their farms and, you know, see what they were, they are doing and all. And the most difficult thing at the time was actually getting the right structure that is quite affordable, but also the one that I can use for a bit of time while this uh, settling in. So the structure that I saw at the time uh, was quite... Uh, for me, aesthetically, it was quite, you know, appealing and all, uh, even though I didn't know much about, uh, you know, the kind of space that we need, why is this person housing them as compared to other people that are not housing them within a structure and all. But the structure itself uh, was quite appealing and I took, uh, you know, the measurements, worked around them and all. But once I did the math and all, the structure itself was quite expensive, but I said to myself, you know what, I need to go uh, in and start. So I started with the structure that had a, that has about uh, 10 units, uh, three of which are for uh, maternity. So that's, that's the structure that I started with. So roughly it costed me uh, around 100K plus to actually uh, do the structure. And then about uh, 10 to 20 plus now to actually have the first breeding stock, which was around seven females and one boar. So that, 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 that figure that you are looking at in terms of actually setting up uh, a profitable, uh, you know, operation it's quite, uh, you know, accurate. But uh, locally, I think from uh, the guys that are actually up there in terms of production, they are actually using right around uh, 30 sows and about two or three balls. So that is the, the rough estimate in terms of people that are actually doing this at a medium to large scale, So, which is quite also heavy on the pocket if you are you are starting out so for me i had gone into it with the idea of starting with 10 and one ball but then looking at the finances i settled for seven which uh, eventually um i'm going to reduce to maybe a num manageable, manageable number which is around five uh five thousand then one ball because look at the numbers that uh, I've, I've been getting in terms of you know the liter or piglets it's quite uh, impressive but i still need to do more in terms of getting proper genetics that uh, you know will help me reach uh, uh, that uh, profitable margin within a yeah. short span of time. Yeah. So, in yeah. terms of starting out, I financed myself, and uh, that figure that you you mentioned is it's quite uh, accurate in terms of you know large scale where you are producing even for export and all. Yeah, Melton literally went through. He, he answered questions that I haven't even asked, which is all right. Um, I think the most important thing that I picked from your from what you just said was you gave yourself when you were doing the maths yourself, you gave yourself five years. Um, I, I think uh, with this whole language, your business proposals and loaning, it's called a grace period. So what you're saying is your grace period is five years in five years. Also, deliver money back. Now, um, I think I've no, I've, I've mentioned this before. The only thing I know about pigs um, is that their gestation period, as in their pregnant, their duration, what's it called? Their pregnancy duration is three months, three weeks, and three days. That's literally all I know about pigs. But, you know, you also mentioned that you had wanted to start with 10 females, 
you went down to seven and you still want to go down to a lower and um, manageable number. I'd like to believe that's because these things, you know, it kind of reminds me of rabbits. When I started with rabbits, I thought that starting with three females and one male was, wasn't enough. But the thing is, these things are pregnant for 30 days. And before you know it, you have like 30 running around, you know? So could we have, uh, Monoe to talk to us about the financial aspect of running a rabbit tree um, how much money you need to get this started how much money you need to get it going and how much money you need just you know for daily operations I do know that with any animals the feed part either the structures or the feed parts that's always the expensive thing so maybe if Mono you could tell us how you're managing that and how you're going about all of that Mm, all right. Hey, managing rabbits for now, hey, stress because even the feed, it's high, it's not the right feed for for these rabbits. They nowadays the only brand dealing thing is Luben, and Luben is not that nutritious like the other brands. So hey, to try to run a rabbit, first of all. Like you said, give feed. Feed is the main aspect because the rabbits are zero grazing. Like they for for you to benefit, really, really benefit from the rabbits. Keep them in cages so you can keep the right records. And record keeping is the way to go in every single business. The profits or the losses. And then after feed is the health they should be like or like your stock should be like mm, every day check it if there's any it's not well separated treated and then that's when you can take it back to the flock yeah yeah your your stock for the rabbits, the, the pellets, I think a bag is about 300, 310, 320, depending on the brand. And now on my, on my side, I reduced my, my stock. I think I have about it's 10, about 14 females and then two males and then a bag. It's a, a week or two, depending on what it is. Because mostly when it's a that's when it's a big deal. And then they're going to start. The bag is a week or two. And then the bag is a week or two. And then the small ones are going to be a big deal. To cover up costs, you have to sell these small ones, and then these, if they they are not bought, then you can slaughter and sell as meat. So that's the that's the cycle. So that's what I want to actually jump onto right now. The market, yeah. um, how diverse is your market? Is it uh, are they consistent? And you know those type of things. Mm, for now, 
most people quarter like we are we attend shows, market days and stuff to take the rabbit the rabbit meat to the people because that now my main aim nearly to breed for meat because uh, I, I I'm keeping in bigger framed rabbits. I, I, I don't keep the dwarf for pets. So that's why I'm trying to 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 breed for meat. Me and on the the other the other thing is the feed because they just give us maintenance feed. If we had the proper feed like the starter, the grower and the lactating feed, that way they'll reach they'll reach the thing, the the, the slaughter weight so we are it's not my because most people we tell and they should stay away from red meat and happy they don't like the white the 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 broilers. So they'll opt for tuna chickens or rabbit meat. So Yeah, I guess um the thing with rabbits is rabbits are not new mobile um yeah. we do know this i think i'm not sure because but i do know that as a nation but you know looking at the times it still hasn't become something profitable and i don't understand why you know when we look at other business models um there's this canned food, or I think if I'm not wrong, I would have thought that by now we would have rabbit farmers who have uh, adopted that model, you know, to preserve rabbit meat and can it, you know, so we can keep it for a longer period of time. But, you know, I guess rabbits, I don't know, maybe they're much more complicated than they seem. And then in terms of the market diversity, uh, with rabbits, I've seen, like uh, Moso noted, they've been told to stay away from red meat. And you find that rabbits are the best alternative. But then I'd like to believe the price. The price is what's uh, keeping people away. And like Moso has said, the price is determined by things like the feed and um, uh, the health care of the rabbits. I can't I'm straying yeah. away. Oh, you are right. Hey. Hey, I'm right. Okay, so then in uh, as we speak about feed, let me jump over Koko Melton. Thank you, Moso. You could just mute your mic now. Melton, um, in terms of feed, I know that there's a lot of there's a lot of controversy around pigs, believe it or not. Because people have this belief, Yahore, pigs can eat anything, you know, anything, um, they'll eat, uh, meat they'll eat, whatever. But I've heard that that's not the case. You know, I know that um, with animals that are bred for consumption, they are what they eat. So in terms of quality, you are going to get the quality you feed your animals. So in terms of feed, how are you doing with the feed costs? Um, are you satisfied with the quality of feed? And are you satisfied with the final product? And then on top of that, I have heard about um, certain buyers like Sen Foods. Um, they've they've complained a lot about the quality that Botswana bring to them, and you get people complaining about Sen Foods. I did my own research and I asked why 
are you guys as Sun Foods not buying pigs from Botswana? And they said to me that, no, the quality that Botswana bring is just below standard. And on top of that, the Kolobetsa Botswana are underweight. And I think I heard them say that when a pig is around four months, it should weigh 120 or so. So could you kindly just, you know, speaking numbers and business, tell us how much it takes or how much you would have to spend in order to get a four-month pig to weigh 120 pula in order for you to be able to sell and get good money from places like Send Foods? Yeah, now now when you talk about feed, uh, that's where you touch us uh, in, in those sports as uh, uh, as uh, pig farmers because, uh, you know, that's, that's the challenge that we have because the prices are quite steep and uh, that's why you would hear someone saying, you know, I started with 10 then I had to reduce to 7. It's, it's simply because of the uh, prices it's a feed because they are quite uh, high. You know, a bag of a uh, 50, 50 kg, you get it around uh, 300 pula or so. And uh, that bag won't even last you more than a week, depending on the number of, uh, you know, pigs that you are feeding, because it differs uh, in terms of age on, on what to feed uh, uh, them. Because when they are just at birth uh, to about a week or two weeks, there's a certain mean that you have to feed just to ensure that uh, they get used to, to eating while well, they're still, uh, you know, enjoying the, the milk from their mothers. And then from week uh, three also, there's another meal that you have to feed. And all these meals, you know, when they're still quite uh, that young, for two weeks, I think we have to feed uh, a starter meal, which is around 400 or so. And then you have to move on to the Wayna meal, which is around also 300 uh, plus also. And then now you you take them on to the grower, which is, you know, quite, maybe one would say affordable, but still expensive because it's also hovering around 300 pula plus. So in terms of feeding, uh, that is where the challenge is. And like you, you were alluding to, uh, the fact that people think you can feed pigs just anything that that's where the the problem starts because for you to be able to sell to uh you know your abattoirs whether it's send foods who have uh, you know processors or to just any abattoir which slaughters for butchers and all they need the 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 uh, kind of weight or quality of meat that uh, can be sellable to to other people out there so uh, like like St. Foods is saying you you need uh, to have the right uh, you know quality in terms of the pigs that you keep at your farm and this is much uh, you know contributed to by the genetics that you have because you don't just uh, bring or breed with any other you know pig that you see around you also have to ensure that the genetics that you are getting one uh, that is whenever it's pregnant you expect uh, you know 10 plus a pig less from that and then on top of that it has to be pigs that can grow uh, quite fast uh, when when fed uh, properly that is why you'd see you'd hear same food saying to you at four and a half months we expect your pig to be around you expect your feet to be around your pig to be around uh 120 kg. It's simply because of the genetics and the kind of feed that you give to them. Because you, you 
don't just uh, reach that weight with just any other genetics. It has to be it has to be of certain quality, and uh, for you to get to 120 kg within uh, that time, you have to feed them right. Pigs normally we feed them twice a day, and it has to be 2.5 kg at most. Uh, you know, uh, for 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 that day, you can give it uh, one and a half in the morning, and then. Uh, later on, you can give it uh, one kg in the evening. But for some that are quite, uh, you know, well financed, you'd find that uh, they do what we call ad lib feeding, where they just put up a bag into the feeding containers, and then once that bag is, is is finished, they come back and put in another one. So for them, uh, that's how they get to reach to that uh, 120 kg weight within a short span of time. But mostly, uh, pigs. Uh, comes in different uh, in, in terms of weight because that's the most important thing when you go to market because uh, they are categorized uh, differently uh, when you get to the market because they are they we start with pokers which have to hover around 60 to 80 kg uh, between four and five months uh, prior to them reaching six months so around that age they have to be over 60 kg but less than 80 kg for them to, for, for us to categorize them as pokers and then we've got poke uh, baconers which have to be around um, melton yeah i'm sorry um i yeah. think what what i also what i really want to understand we just want to get an insight ya gore gore o bo tsene o ritshitse yone 80 kg for i think you were saying the porkers or sausages that weight how much would you have spent and how much would you expect back from the person who's buying from you yeah the the magic number the just magic a rough estimate if you can yeah yeah the magic number is 1.5 per pig to be able to reach that weight to be able to so reach uh, 80 kg 80 kg for any pig above uh, four months it, you, okay you, you probably need about 1.5 uh, depending on how you how you are feeding because like i said uh, some farmers go for adlib feeding where they don't limit in terms of how they feed their pigs because uh, the magic uh, 2.5 kg that we talk about to say is the uh, maximum or minimum in terms of actually minimum in terms of what you can give a pig a day uh, would actually be the one that gets you to 1.5 per pig uh, for it to reach that kind of weight but for some uh, they don't limit but we know that a pig can take even more than 3 kg a day you know deep, mm. whether the, the feed is there or not they, they can't go above that uh, amount in terms of uh, feed so 2.5 is the magic number but uh, you'd allow them to eat anyhow they want to eat so if you've spent um, a minimum of 1.5 on a pig that weighs 80 kg, how much are you expecting from it? Uh, hush, that one is a challenge because uh, for me, uh, you know, when you go to another farmer to buy, for example, where I normally buy my, my breeding stock and all, they'll, they'll charge you around 3.5. But uh, if you go to market, uh, that is uh, your same foods or your abattoirs uh you you'd probably get uh, roughly around uh, 2.5 at most because they buy at a very low price i think it's around 37 pula pkg even mm. not, yeah 35 anything between 35 to 40 a uh, pula pkg that's how much uh, they, they 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 buy for so you can see mm. that uh, you know even though 
what would have spent around 1.5 on on feed that is not the only thing that uh, you know is a cost there's also water that is involved in in there as well and any other you know that is injections and all that are involved so that 1.5 is not the the sole amount that one would say one has to pay for them to be to to buy your pick so it has to be anything around uh, 2.5 and above for one to say okay I would have made something, but it, it's still very uh, low for me. If, if you ask yeah, me. So it's quite low. It, yeah, it's very low. So now this is where I get to ask you the question, um, is it worth it? You know, because right. I, I can tell pigs really demand not just a lot of attention. They demand a lot of money. And I think that's why um, institutions would want you to start with a certain minimum amount of breeding sows. You know, is it really worth it? It is financially, or are you running on passion? (laughs) It's a fine balance of both, but uh, for me, I'd say it it is worth it because you know when you start a business or you know any operation, you you have to stagger your plan in such a way that uh, at a certain point now. Uh, your operation is, is quite sustainable. So for me, I'd say looking at how I'm doing currently with just being in business for uh, almost a year and, and a few months, uh, for me, I'd say it's, it's quite worth it looking at how things are going. Because one, uh, with the pigs that I, I, for one, myself started with and have been able to sell, uh, you look at the fact that, okay, for me, Looking at the overhead cost of just raising one pig, if I go to market, uh, which uh, for me is slaughtering and then packaging and selling for by myself to individuals, one pig, which can be worth around maybe 2.5 to sell uh, to an abattoir or maybe to send foods, uh, for me, it can give me anything from the region of 4,000 to 5,000, depending on the weight or the size of uh, the pig. So you can see that uh, if things go well over time, and then uh, one, I'm able to improve genetics to allow me to have pigs that can grow uh, quite fast within a short span of time. And then I'm able to sustainably sustainably run that it can be something that uh, you know gives a very good uh, margins margins in terms of profit in the future hence why for myself i've set about five years to be able to operate uh, uh, in a sustainable way uh, yeah and make profit i get that yeah, yeah, um yeah. i see our third guest speaker has just joined um could you kindly just send a speaker request so that employee can add you uh tero and then, um, <clears throat> just before I ask, Moso, Moso, there's there's a question. How much is a slaughtered rabbit carcass? Um, there's someone who'd just like to know. And then maybe just tell us what how Eric is alive. How much is it? And then while you prepare your answer, Melton did mention a word that I'm literally always talking about when I talk about um, production, whether it's beef production even with um, vegetables, and that's staggering. The staggering method is, I know there's another word for it, but the staggering method, um, in other words, is just it's just a method in where, for example, if you have 50 animals, 50 breeding animals, you breed them in a way that 
every month you're able to get um, something from them. So this month you breed 10. Um, the following month you breed the next 10, the next 10. Or you calculate a, a, a time or you feel it would be able to give you product every two or every three months. That way you're able to maintain your consistency. You're able to uh, provide or supply your market. Because if you have 50 animals right now and you breed them all at the same time, and let's say spa wants um, only 10 uh, pigs from you this month, you're going to give them 10 pigs and you'll be left with 40 more to feed. I hope that makes sense. So you'll be left with 40 more to feed and that's more more cost. Instead, you can uh, adopt the staggering method where you breed them in such a way that if spa says they want 10 January, you give them 10 and you've got nothing left. When are we talking the ones did again the next month i hope i'm saying it properly please i stand to be corrected if there's anyone who has a better definition please do so um Moso, could you please just tell us how much a, a, a rabbit what's it called oh the rabbit carcass is similar like a hundred pula carcass uh, it's between 100 pula and 150 because we don't sell by weight we sell uh, how old because we know our breeze so that's why we, we draw that kind of pricing but soon we'll be selling package and the other thing if you want if you want meat we still have some so just give me a call, and if you test it, how does it taste? Because that's how we we market our products for now. But very soon, advertiser, your rabbits, don't forget the quail also. I know quite a number of people haven't had quail. Yeah, I also have quails. I do sell meat, eggs, and breeding stock. My breeding stock is similar like a 20 pula a chick at two weeks old. And then the eggs are three pula per egg. And then I give you the quantity you want. Even fertile eggs you can get. And then I also do pickled eggs. But for now, Hadio, DHD, Lemarabakosho. And what else? The meat is 150 a pack of five. All right, great. So I think I'll have to give you a visit tomorrow just to um, take pictures of your products and then post them through our page. Thank you. No problem. Sure. All right. Tero, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you're not late. You're just well in time. So all the attention goes to you right now. Could you kindly uh, introduce yourself, what you do, how long you've been doing it for? Um, yeah. And then we can just get on with the questions. And also, Tero, I'll just let everyone know that you are not um, <clears throat> what I would call an advanced farmer like the other guys here. I know that's something that you were emphasizing when I asked you to please join us. I do love having um, 
aspire is it aspiring and emerging farmers people who are quite new to the game when we talk about the business of animal production because then we get to hear a, a perspective um the challenges and Loena, as part of the pan the the panelist here, you get to listen to the other people who've been doing it for quite some time, and you get to take notes and see where you can correct yourself um, and the likes. So don't be scared. We're all learning here. Emma, thank you so much. Um, my name is Tara Rabotse Masadizile Semausu. Um, I'm a student at UB. I'm doing logistics. And I started farming, but I'd started with my dad. My dad forced me to go to the farm every day, literally every day. And I genuinely hated farming. Like I hated it from a young age. But I think when I turned 15, my dad was like, So if you don't start loving it, you're actually hurting my feelings. And then that's when I think I started developing a passion for farming. And then every weekend we'd go to the farm in Kitusaki, Ranki, 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 Rang. Eventually he bought me those boots. And then I just got on hella just like that. Um All right. end of 2020, we after COVID, after like the extensive COVID lockdowns, after like the cement done and everything, we bought Dikukwana. My dad bought like a batch of Dukukwan. Then he was like, this is your present. This is your birthday present. You're going to start selling them. Total, you're going to raise them. And then after you raise them, the first batch was 24, in which I think 17 died. I think I was left with about six or something. I don't know. But I know six was left. And then Total was a struggle because one, I didn't want to do it. Two, I felt I was still a child to be in farming or do anything with farming. I genuinely thought farming was for men and everything or people with money. And then the next batch, that's when I started buying feeds. It became more like I defeated to go nutri feeds. It became like a starter. And then it became another progress. Then the third batch, I bought it myself. Fourth batch, kibigen nagenziki tekeala. My job is not selling, and We do not have an incubator, so niketaya maya komaraking. Usually, it was batches of 24, 23, 24, 23, and I would take them. ke five or six weeks. I take them to the farm. I'm still a student and I'm a child and I can't keep chickens in my bedroom. So that's how it all started. And eventually, last year when I joined Twitter, I realized Twitter can actually be very helpful when it comes to business. It's not all about jokes and everything. You can actually go big with Twitter, with the right crowd. You can go places with Twitter. That's when I started posting about my chicks. Or, oh, I, I raise baby chicks. You can bring your baby chicks to me. I raise baby chicks. I'm not selling yet. I'm just raising them because I was learning. Because I don't have any certificate in agriculture. I just did short courses with Wani Eli this year. And then that was it. But it was more small stock production. 
And All right, then, yeah. Um, I actually do remember when you joined Twitter or when you started posting, um, you had chicks in your bedroom. <laughs> and yes, I think that's I how did. you and I, yeah, that's how you and I started <laughs> interacting because I was like, huh, there's someone who is doing exactly what I did when I started with Quail. I used to sleep with chickens in my roof. I you know? <laughs> Great. Okay, so I, I'm picking um, that you started off, okay, you know, you keep talking about the batches that you kept on going back to buy. Um, your mortality rate was quite high. Um, but then when did you reach the point where you said, okay, I've learned enough, I've suffered enough, I'm now doing it for money. I'm now turning t- this into a business. And even if you're making a loss or you're just breaking even, when did you reach that point? This was um, last year around April, around my birthday. I remember I was at Good Hope and then my grandmother was like, Kana, kwa media aswa. And then I began to teach her, guys, Kana, this is happening with my chickens. What, 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 what. And then Twitter was like, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this. And then from there, I started learning about the medication for the cocoa and everything. I began to test my grandmother. I would test, I would test, I'm like, okay, so this works. So this is what a stress reliever is. So this is sort of the antibiotic, like allergexia di coco. And then eventually, I never lost a check from April going forward. It was so rare. The only problem was, but this is usually, but yeah. So wait, so you, you are doing indigenous chickens, it's in broiler production. Nyama, but kibigisimula kurekisa June last year I started selling tonic kukuzas tuan for sixty pula around Haboroni, mostly to my friends and everything. Okay. All right. Um I'd like to find out now that you've started doing this for money. Um how are you managing your records? Um so there's that part. How are you managing your records? And then you've already told us about your challenges. I also want to know what what are you doing in order to grow your market? Um as for records, I asked a friend who does accounting to keep the records book for me and everything because not that I didn't know anything about records. And my other biggest challenge was the little money that I got from selling, how get like a batch of fifty. The money that I got from there, outing and what, 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 what. But my dad sat me down and was like, "You can't keep at the same time. You cannot keep doing that. we understand that, but you have to have a vision." you've developed a passion for this but it's now a business you have to grow you can't yeah. keep saying it's my business so create a budget at the end of chicken feeds all of them just buy just stock and stock and stock and stock and stock and stock and that's how I did it. And then eventually I just started, I opened the savings account and then I put the money in there. But I don't use it at all unless it's an emergency and I have to pay for the food. It's a This is the part where I, in a sly way, suggest that um, or hope that you opened your savings account. Oh, you don't even have to answer that. You don't even have to answer that. Um, could you just give me a moment? 
Melton, is there anything you'd like to say to us regarding the business of piggery before you, you go off? Because Yeah. I think, uh, first of all, uh, thanks for, for inviting me to the space. I think uh, for those that uh, have managed to uh, listen in terms of, uh, you know, what I've said and uh, the challenges that are there and all, I, I still believe uh, there is potential for, for Pigari. And uh, in terms of uh, the overhead costs of, of running a, a Pigari business, they shouldn't scare you away from uh, venturing into one. You know, uh, prior to me, like, for example, prior to me getting into this, uh, I had a friend who started uh, with about two, uh, that, uh, you know, his mother got them... Uh, from an auction called Kosebe And yes, there are people that are into farming, but in terms of Pigari, it was something new, quite new to them. So, and then, after he was the one who was taking care of them, going to check up on them, doing all you know, the operations and uh, in terms of ensuring that he didn't listen to the solar. So that's how I got... Uh, you know, quite intrigued into how, you know, Pigari, you know, operations has, has been run and all. But the unfortunate part is that one, once I I started or once I was about to start, he was going out uh, of business. You are saying that uh, he wants to focus on other things, but it's not like he's gone, 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 but you will come back. So uh, don't be afraid to, to go into the business, uh, you know, What's about the cost and everything? Because for you to be in business, it's it's, it's a risk on its own. But it's one that uh, one has to, you know, quite calculate quite well. Just so over time, it's not something that you you regret. Because there were days myself, I'd go to the farm, uh, come back. You know, on the way, I'd wonder whether I made the right decision in terms of starting out this thing. Because for me, I think I experienced a whole lot of challenges in the beginning. One. You know, I went and bought, uh, you know, a quality ball from people that, uh, you know, uh, one of the best, uh, you know, producers in terms of uh, quality breeds and uh, genetics, if I may say. But that ball, I only realized about two, two, three months down the line because I bought it, easy and ready to Hopalama. Uh, so by the time I, tr- I was trying to use it, we only realized that Haina, you know, that thing I would to design also. Mind you, Kolovetsa and I into heat uh, every 21 days. So if you miss, uh, you know, the time early more heating, that means you have to wait for another three weeks for it to be on heat again. So I lost about three months trying to mate with that ball. Only after some time, that's when I said, you know what, maybe it's the ball and not the females. And then I went out and borrowed somebody's ball and it worked for me. So these are the kind of challenges that uh, one would come across uh, in business and they shouldn't scare you away. And at some point, like uh, Tero was saying, you know, in terms of mortality when you are starting out, it would scare you because for me, Letzalo Lanka, I had about 60 or so, I had about 60 or so piglets, but I they hit and they what do you call it, the cold front that occurred this year around uh, March, April, wiped up about 10 or so from that. I experienced a few, a few challenges with uh, and all, and then I, I lost a whole lot of them during that period, and I was left with around 30, 32, 35. 
you know so these are the kind of challenges that you know you'd experience in the beginning or but they shouldn't scare you away so for me i would say like i did myself uh when you start out try to stagger up your plan and ensure that you build up a circular production that would allow you to continuously slaughter without uh, having to wait for thing to roll in or because once you miss a month of not slaughtering uh, coming back might be a challenge to your customers because yes the only other pig farmers around by or but now when you've built uh, you know customer a base you need to ensure that you are in constant supply to them was a mission all and for me also i think in terms of uh, what i would wish for is, is collaboration uh, it's something that i've i've always spoke about uh, to other people that are into this business not only this but also uh, people that are into farming because the relevancy was still you know, small-scale farmers and we can't maybe outsmart others that have been there uh, before us in terms of the numbers to produce and all. But with collaboration, I believe that's where we can actually, you know, become better farmers, grow and all. Because if you look at poultry, for example, I think at some point, uh, you know, in every household, we had people by and all. But in terms of collaborations, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't see much around that. And I kept talking about this to Sam to say, imagine if you have to collaborate with about three or four people that are also into poultry, uh, how the numbers would look like, how servicing your clients could look like. Even a re- reduction in terms of uh, overhead cost of running a poultry will actually go down. So that is the same thing that I think to other uh, pig farmers that are into this business as well, to say, let us collaborate, let us try to find ways of, you know, getting proper genetics, increasing our head and all. Because I read somewhere last week where you guys shared that uh, there's also a market in DRC, but you can't service that kind of a market if you are at it alone, you know, regardless of the numbers that you can produce. But if with collaboration, I think something better can come out of that. So for me, in closing, I'd say collaboration is key, but as well, if you are interested in pig farming, I'm available to assist uh, for anyone who would love to, uh, you know, n- know much about uh, pig farming, how to start out and all. I'm also new to this thing, but I'm also willing to impart some knowledge to anyone who's willing to go into this. The only challenge is, you know, those that are well established uh, in terms of benchmark, it becomes a problem to uh, to enter your their farms once you have started out. All to to move around. So, then I'm quite uh, willing to assist, but as well I'm trying to guard against uh, that kind of a challenge in terms of maletting move around once you have started as well. So, in closing, I think those are those would be my my. Thank you so much, Melton. That was um, that was a lot, and that was very informative. Um, right now, and she's you know she's starting out her operation. So, you know what she said. She's picked up and she's noted quite a lot from what you just said. Um, thank you, Melton. So you just feel free to exit. And then I'd like to just continue with Tero for a bit before. Um, I'd like to just like kind of like breeze through with Tero. Um, I won't interrupt you so that after that, Moso can also just say his last words. And then Tero Luena, you can say your last words after that. 
So Tero, um, if you're still there, you were still telling us about your challenges, um, your record keeping as a beginner. Um, you know, I'd also just like to mention, Hore, I'm I'm actually very impressed that you have someone doing your record keeping. You know, some of us tend to think we can do our own record keeping where you're just jotting down things, but then there's also the finances part. Um, keep doing that because as it, it, even if you're making losses, even if it doesn't look pretty, if there's a lot of negatives on your 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 account side, it's fine because from these financing um, financing institutions, they just want to see that there's a record. I think that was one of the the issues a lot of people were having a few weeks ago when the Youth Development Fund was um, accepting applications. You'd find that someone would claim that they've had an existing business and then the officers would say, okay, cool, can we see your financials? So just keep doing that. It really does help. Um, and most of us, Melton was just talking about collaborations. And, you know, how did we collaborations? Something that I mentioned last week on um, part one was that collaboration is not just collaborating with farmers only. It means coming together where they can add value to your business. So, yaka or collaborate your friend who does accounts. That's a good collaboration. That's someone who can help you grow your business. So yeah, please do tell us more about um, your journey in starting your, your business. And then I think I'll give you five minutes and then we can jump over to Moso. Thank you so much. Um, Tata, for the record keeping, I realized, Hore, I could not keep the records myself. Like I said, I was overspending. Every little money that I got from selling, I would immediately go out with it. And then I I had to tell myself, this is no longer a hobby. Like you're not doing this because COVID you are doing this to build your future. When you look back at it, you're going to be like, okay, no, this is what I did. And I realized with CEDA, because I wanted to apply to CEDA. Sometimes we apply to CEDA because we cannot show just like you said, but I picked myself up in this, 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 this. So that's what I start, that's that is the main reason why I asked a friend or please keep the records for me. And if I'm overspending, you need to tell me no. And I'm grateful for the friend because every time I overbuy the chicken feet, for the next three months. How 70% of my diawa drilling this month? You can't do that. Like you have to, there has to be a budget. You have to create a budget. You follow the strict budget. You don't take out money whenever you have a little bit of emergency and whatnot, 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 whatnot. Which was very hard to be honest because and the gap's life is so fast and pay for and everything. But that was me before, but now I believe I've I believe with the help from my dad and my friend when it comes to record keeping. 
and then the sales it was a bit hard because mostly no people that i know especially around gaborone go thata gore ke bone batho ba batlang dikoko tsa setswana mo gaborone motlotla ba nthare ke batla ko kwa setswana ke batla tse 10 re na le lenyalo o wa having a lunch what 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 comes with the bill o miro tirone ansa ga ba igrela ha ele se and then i realized gore nka bona market ko mo lepolole because we have a farm gone ko mo lepolole my dad has a farm ko mo lepolole that was when i started taking the coconuts i made to the farm in mulepul instead of idiso kumarakeng because nika lmohor hagidisa marakeng for me to travel from habron to joining our farm is like after maukani hela thing thing for joining j11 region it was costly and mind you these are chickens they need a lot of attention and i did not hire someone to take care of them because i believe the money that I was making was not enough for me to be able to pay someone so we keep on her it's just up to me to raise them myself get the check every week so we get who says a kumole polole every weekend i go to mole polole get the check i key ranky 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 this is the one of our neighbors who said the let's on and the whole lesson and yeah tota I started with the revenue workers because my dad works for revenue office of the Attorney General. So I started with them around Mulepolole. I like to know some of the boys, and then basically, Baba, Baba, we just sang ha ha this topo. When I went there, I remember when I hit that laga coolio now. Wow, what's in the mood? We're going to get a lot of things to do. Go to Sudan. Everybody, I'm about to go to Sudan. Then I started selling to them. That is how I developed my market. And it's been going really great because personally speaking, I'm making more than what I expected to make this year. I usually didn't expect for it. I'll be making this much money. Great. Um, that's exactly what we want to hear. But then now I have a very important question for you. And this is going to be my last uh, question to you before you can say your, your closing words. Um, usually, but about the timeline and, you know, such, you know, where do you see yourself in the next five years? I want to shorten that and say, where do you see yourself in the next two years? Where do you see your business in the next two years? You're talking about how you, right now you're making much more than you had expected to make. Um, how do you see yourself in the next two years? In 2024, I wonder if you had asked me this question um, a week ago, I would not be able to answer you because being here right now, it showed me that I can go places with chicken farming, especially because it's not only a hobby, it's business now. This is business. And I don't know, but hopefully, I genuinely wish to be Sida's youngest and most successful female farmer in broiler farming because as we speak kisimolotse i think i'm on the third batch now of raising the kukota squat they can direct you and with the help from nutri day nutri feeds 
that going it's going really well considering the fact that or khaisi ke simolo go dikenta ga ke ring ga ke ring ga ke ring and because yano i've now ventured to dikopo tsa tsa nama tse dinandi ba tlo make a tate ngo leng go godimo i believe by next year by end of next year i have to be making deliveries to boss byano khale ele ka thata ya modimo le hanga bere ka thata tota All right, great. I think now then you can just give us your last words. Um what you expect from I get it kind of um the, the, we we have uh the Twitter what do you call it the farming community and then there's like the entrepreneurship side also. So from these communities what do you expect and um what more do you want to see? What discussions would you like to see more on on the timeline from Farmers Review or from myself um and and others? in growing your business I genuinely believe that the, the people that I follow right now I mostly follow farmers and people around Khaboroni Molepolole and Bo Mahalape and I believe with your help Khaleka ntwisa kudisa business time er ga ke post yana and then you just share the retweets and everything they actually go a long way they really do go a long way they are pushed out because with twitter i was able to sell kirikisa ke ranki 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 without it ga ke bona hore ne ke ka khona gore ke tsa major ta le jara ta ke buya gore ke tsa dikopo ing 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 but now when you see me in the street o skolonye bile i'll literally be passing about oh ke nwa yona le chicks and go from twitter I'm now chicks and goats from Twitter. And I genuinely would like to ask for your help when it comes to marketing and to selling khodise lele batsa dilitsi gore when you guys thought you guys have been in the farming business longer than I have been and I would genuinely appreciate any help to songwe lengwe ya ya We get it chicks and goats we get it. Uh we're not <laughs> retweeting everything. We'll share and Luena kana you know it's a two way thing. Um yeah, the man. effort has to be two way. As much as Rona we can share your things, talk about you and your products Luena you have to give us much more. Um mm-hmm. you know show us what you're working with. Uh share with us your journey, share with us your frustrations, your challenges and all of that because there's always someone who has an answer. I've seen on Twitter um people who've had 20 years experience of farming. Bastakile basaitsore what's going on with um their animals or their business. And then a young lad just comes out of nowhere and says oh why don't you try this it worked for me last year when the same thing was happening and you know a lot of the times it really does work and that's how we grow this twitter community you know um this farming and twitter community so thank you so much tero um we will continue our discussion on the tl after this i think right now i will jump over to moso Monoe to give us his final words his closing words any advice anything else that you'd like to tell us By the way, um guys, just so you know, quails don't sleep. Um that's why there's so much noise in his background and look at the time. Where if if quails see a bit of light, they will literally just start making so much noise. And I remember how I had them right in um the backyard. All my windows were in um were facing the backyard where I used to have my quails and they would be making noise the entire night. So yeah, Mosa, are you ready? Oh, all I can say is Farming, I would say, is one of the one of the few in the right world. 
There's no way you can run. You can run through. You would rather take a break and come back because once it's in your blood, uh, it's never going out. So, Tatayala, let's keep doing it and let's support each other. Let's share other other farmers' adverts and referrals because most of us can see the referral. So, that's how most of us farmers rebonang the customers guy on and nowadays we use social media. You just post a, an advert and also attend shows, attend market days, even if you go to shows like the agri show, don't go there to win. Go there to market your products to for people to be aware and appreciate what you're doing. So Tatala shows is not all about winning. So even if you don't have that much, the little you have is a question get advices lower and now you will see Baba So that's how farming is. And I think that's all. All right, thank you so much. Uh, someone just asked, what is quail? So maybe you can answer, because you know how we always have this debate, Yagore, what really is a quail? Quail, it depends on the Botswana side. So,
Oh my god, I did. <laughs> best best Saturday ever honestly. Um but kids are not late so do you go in Saturday Kigare? No, it's the whole picky way anyway and the main aim for me tata the main reason why I went is because my dad is looking to buy the komo lady pudi so I need to tell you about the contact and everything and everything similar saying but that's especially for the pudi so cuz he was like obona gore ke ile yanka chicken farming so now he wants to sponsor me to go into goat farming so I went there to learn about the pudi mostly and I had a chance to talk to the nutri feeds people and get more details and information about their feeds and how I can avoid using medley mo go di sa dikoko ke se mo le ka go di je sa pele di statara and the best starter packs and everything great thank you um so when what was your i think you mentioned that nelele kwa um mono for i guess or kutulo your quail eggs do the hell up what 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 was that like for you what were what was the what was the business like um over that week mm now i'm quite happy about the the turn up yeah about to to my store so mostly i was into quails yes i brought rabbits but the rabbits i left them for keith rabbit empire cause bana ba tshwere me butla le bona but now i was mostly on quails trying to educate people about quails and nutrition about quail eggs and everything so i also got table eggs i got uh what you call this i, I did a, a bit in some bottles of pickled eggs and people the, the feedback i got that uh, i can't on uh, my setup and i i have orders tamai and chicks so what are i'm starting to collect fertile eggs and incubate and then Um okay there's one other question apparently it's the last question there's someone mm-hmm. Gabriela would like to know uh the nutritional benefits of quail eggs um I'd like Moso to please answer this alibile um how much attention how much traffic uh this whole nutritional question attracted about two or three years ago I know there was a time where they were even talking about it okay which really shows it it was a sabotage so we give one among ko bwana aba ke bwale na ba tsama i paid and then they went testala my i took eggs from three breeders it was me and the other two breeders because we feed kadwetse di harlogane so maybe kana the feeding could have an impact on that so bekisa ko teng all the eggs synergies ko teng they didn't have that salmon that they were talking about because apparently a quail has a higher body temperature than chicken so that higher body temperature is the one that kills the bacteria ya salmonella so horare that's why my quails na salmonella and i even tried talking to bonaba minister of health guy on the issue at them but be horare gona covid be horare communication arna be be khaoga gona ho ever since then i never went back to there so because they were saying people shouldn't advertise my aquaily bare analyze these nutritional benefits 
to people. So now I did that because I have results. Uh, they tested the delay. So I just told them, whoever has a problem, and most quail farmers, they ended up quitting, including Lena Kushada. She ended up quitting. So now I decided not to quit. And here I am now. I'm still picking it up. So I'll never quit quail. I'll always stand on my ground. There are so many things I'm willing to do. Till Kibo and I in shops and even the eggs kid wanna deliver shop. Before Thank you for exposing me. I took a break. I didn't quit. I took a break. I'm still gathering myself. That's how farming is. You never quit. You take a break and come back. Exactly. All right. Thank you, Moso. Is there anyone else who would like to just throw another question? I'm sorry. No. Um, so I was, I, was, I was actually going to say thank you again to Tero. Um, thank you again to Mono. Um, I guess we'll thank uh, Melton in, in, in absentia. Who's on the space, please go to my tweet that is pinned on my profile. follow all of the all of the can you please just follow all of the people that are there? Right now I see fifty-one people are listening. Let's go follow all of um terror melton um farmers review um let's go for mono let's follow lee and then um i will encourage the guys as well you know twitter um the only way that you are going to get people to interact and know your things is if you interact and 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 and, and put out some content you know hearing you really spacing how early we are around the quail and working also shows how hard and the life the entrepreneurs did selang um you know take videos um take pictures put them up um you know we will retweet we will we will comment we will we will talk we'll ask questions the same to you um tero um you know let's see the your journey um we are about to that is how you will grow the followers and it's not it's not a, it's not for vanity it's for it's for increasing your market and increasing your footprint so let's let's arzening in that um space i mean i i, I interact with melton all the time i didn't even know you know it, it, so let's let's use these platforms more but I'd just like to say thank you. Thank you to everybody who's joined us on the space. Thank you to ABSA who has, um, who have in- enabled the space to happen. Um, thank you to Kwishata for hosting and Farmers Review. And we hope um, we'll have another agric space before the end of the year. Um, but I'd just like to thank everybody else, guys. Keep supporting us. Let's follow each other. Um, 
you know and let's as the as the as the, as the farmers ask let's let's keep retweeting let's keep retweeting each other's adverts let's keep retweeting um and and interacting um but otherwise keep dumetsi and hopefully we'll see you soon again on bw connect spaces um thank you very much le kamoso